Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Perma Podcast. Uh, I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's uh, really great to have you all here again today. Uh, and a new guest on the show this week, somebody I've actually known for about, God, how long is it, four or five years now, I think? Um, somewhere somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a podcast host, a therapist. Um, yeah, runs a great podcast on mental health. Uh, with uh, actually a former guest of mine, Holly, who was on the show a few months ago. Um, yeah, Robert Raw, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's an honor to be here. Like you said, we've we've known each other at least in internet spaces, right? There's always that weird like, does that count? But I think it counts uh, for a couple of years here. And so, uh, you know, fan of your work and and the show and all that, obviously. And so, really, really honored to be here. And I do want to say while while we're recording here, I I want to reiterate an apology to you. I know we months ago had scheduled a time in March to to do this recording and. It didn't make it to my calendar for some reason, so therefore it didn't exist in my life. So, uh, you know, sorry again, and I appreciate your graciousness in in uh, rescheduling. So uh, don't edit that out, you know, public apology oh. there. Oh, wow, thank you. Nobody's ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a normal thing of podcast life when you have guests that sometimes they have to reschedule because of because of things, and I'm always yeah. very relaxed about that because, because people have busy lives and stuff, but... Yeah, no, that was that was quite funny, um, but no, thanks for that apology. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. very kind. Um, but um, I'm glad you're here now. It's uh, yeah, well, it's, me too. Yeah, it's going to be a good conversation, I think. Yeah. So, so tell us a bit about your story, um, kind of your background, how you got into doing the work that you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to how to organize it, you know. Um, I think I, I grew up in in a church and uh, ended up, you know, kind of middle school, high school age, really wrestling with things like depression, anxiety, suicidality, right? Um, and I, I I don't know that I could have put all that language to it then. I could have put some, right? Um, I could have put some of that language to it, but I think, you know, I, I transitioned from that into college, had kind of a, you know, kind of a classic, like up and down thing regarding faith, deconstruction, reconstruction, stuff like that. Um, but as I kind of uh, reconstructed and found what I thought to be like a healthier version of faith and faith spaces, uh, what I continued to find was uh, that when I, I shared online, things like that about my kind of mental health experiences, that people seemed to really resonate with that, right? To say like, Hey, thanks. Me too. Right. Um, and, and so that was always interesting. And then I started working in ministry settings, serving in church settings. Right. And because I was particularly online, so kind of open about, uh, mental health personally, my own experiences, and just because I, I started doing some reading and research and stuff, right. Just kind of casually, uh, what I found to be happening was, People who worked at those ministries, whether they're coworkers or uh, people who worked at the churches that I was serving in, would oftentimes come to me and say, "Hey, this this person seems to really be struggling, or came came to talk to us about depression. Like, what can you help us here?" Right? Um, and so it became evident to me that uh, a there was there was kind of an appetite for this like sharing, right? Like we need we need to have these conversations that seems to be helping people, not just me, but in general. And then uh, that people were, were turning to faith leaders and that faith leaders seemed to have kind of this, like, we want to help, but we, we kind of don't know what to do. Right. Um, and so 
as I continued working in ministries and things like that, I, I kind of landed on this idea of like, how do we, how, how can I, but, you know, kind of in a broader sense, how can we equip faith leaders to, to have those conversations a little bit better to, for them to feel a little bit more comfortable for them to, to be maybe potentially a little bit more helpful. And then uh, also kind of bridge that gap into how do we help how do we help them connect with mental health care providers, things like that. And so uh, for me, uh, kind of where that led was going to grad school to to become a therapist myself, just to to really shore up that base of knowledge of like, I want to know what I'm talking about here. And and obviously, I really love that the relational side was always the part of ministry I liked anyway. So therapy is kind of uh, that, but, but really intensely focused. Um, and then how can I take that and create resources, hopefully, for faith leaders who say, look, I don't want to be a trained therapist, but I want to know what to do in these conversations, because obviously mm-hmm. that's where people are going. They're coming. Uh, but like, we need some kind of entry level, like, how do we just, how do we just navigate those conversations? And so the podcast, like you mentioned, uh, CXMH, right. That's what kind of the goal is there is, can we have really accessible conversations that could help kind of bridge that gap. Um, and then uh, I used to write more than I do now, things like that. I would love to, to branch out in what those resources look like, but uh, you know, obviously life, life also happens. So we'll see kind of how that continues to go. But um, so that's kind of where I am now, I guess. Yeah. And that podcast has been going for quite a while now. It's uh, it's really great. And it's really like, you like the way you do is really, really important. I've talked to other people, um, who do who try to do work with with pastors and people and church leaders about you know training them about how to deal with mental health um yeah uh kirsten kansevich was um mm-hmm. on doing with has been on talking about her work mm-hmm. um, in that respect and it sounds like you're doing kind of a kind of similar kind of work it's it, it's so so important because you know, church leaders are not therapists, <laughs> uh, and they're not equipped to deal with like mental illness and then you know, mental health problems um, in a sense of in the way that a therapist does. You know, they're not yeah. mental health professionals. Um, they can, yeah. be, well, I mean, they can be wrong. They can be a social support. They can be emotional support. They can be pastoral support, but um, they're not kind of mental health professionals, and there is a difference. Um, yeah. So. What well, yeah, the stuff that you're doing is, is is really really important. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, no, and it's a really great podcast as well. I recommend it to people. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the th- one of the things I wanted to talk about today, um, which is which has been a something that I've been kind of discovering about myself, and something that needs more awareness, um, is ADHD. Yeah. Um, uh, now, um, that's a neurological condition. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's quite complicated to explain, but, um, most people would have heard of it by now, but yeah, um, it's, you know, it's to do with, you know, some of the symptoms can be forgetfulness, can be getting overwhelmed. If you get too many stimuli, it can be, you know, um, there's lots of, there's lots of things. There's lots of things. And I'm only really just discovering it myself. I'm uh, just about in the process of trying to get a diagnosis. But um, what's been your, like, in terms of the work that you've done, whether it's as a therapist or in, on your podcast or research, what what have you learned about ADHD? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I will mention that ADHD is also part of kind of my lived experience, right? And that's that's something that I got kind of a formal diagnosis with uh, in, in college. And oh, it's one of those where some somebody kind of presents something and then you go, oh, okay, that makes sense of a lot of things kind of yeah, looking back, right. right? And so- that's my experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, ADHD is a, a weird, obviously, you know, for, for folks, I'm sure that most folks are kind of familiar with that, right? But the acronym stands for Attention Deficit Slash Hyperactivity Disorder. And that's, I think, kind of a strange name, right? Like the more that we kind of learn about ADHD, the more that we kind of are are saying, okay, maybe the 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 main uh, through line is less about kind of like just can't focus, right? Like inattention, uh, and more about kind of what things you can pay attention to, uh, the kind of inhibition. Right? Like, can I, if something seems interesting to me, can I? Is there a gap there where I can say that's interesting, but I need to do this other thing instead, right? Stuff like that. Because as you probably know, and and folks might know, it's not essentially like I can't pay attention to anything, right? There's this thing called hyperfocus, which is like, this thing seemed interesting to me. It's not relevant to what what I'm trying to do here, but it seems interesting. And therefore I like spent three hours really into this thing, right? And all of a sudden you go, oh no, that was more interesting to me, but less probably relevant in terms of, you know, I needed to pay the bills. And so, you know, kind of that dynamic. And, and so it's, it's less kind of like, okay, you can't pay attention to anything and more like, okay, what things do tend to, to what, what types of things can you pay attention to? Or like, do you naturally pay attention to? And then is it, does that make it kind of harder to focus on the, the relevant type of things? I'm put I'm doing air quotes around relevant, right? Uh, kind of the standard type of things that we would say, uh, darn it, maybe I, I wish I would have been doing that for like life purposes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah, that's right. It, it's a whole bunch of different things, and and everyone's experience can be different as well. It, you know, everyone who experiences it differently. Like like you say, the whole thing about. You know, when you when you understand what it is, it makes sense of a lot of things. Was definitely true for me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the thing I the thing I didn't know, and that I only found out recently was this kind of when this I because often when I'm at work and suddenly I get about five different new jobs to do at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah, my body can get quite agitated and stressed and emotional, and I can feel a bit overwhelmed and stressed and stuff. And well, I always just figured, oh, that's just who I am, and I need to kind of manage my emotions better and clear my head better and then somebody told me oh yeah that can happen when that sort of thing can happen when you get overstimulated at the, you know, get too many new stimuli at the same time and you're not on medication mm-hmm. you can your body can your body gets agitated and stressed and i was like oh right so this wasn't just me <laughs> this, <laughs> is just like, this is just what my body does my what my brain does you know and it, yeah. and it does actually it is really uh helpful when you finally acknowledge that oh that's what that was and um yeah there's a lot less shame then and a lot less guilt yeah 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 in general you know i i I try to obviously with adhd but with a lot of things uh, i i try and obviously this is easier to say to other people than to do for myself right but instead of kind of just saying okay this thing that i tend to do this response or whatever right uh, is wrong and therefore it's just something about me that like i need to fix is there a way to say okay this is serving some type of, of purpose, right? Like, can I, can I work with that and say, okay, in this instance, right, this example you're giving, right? Like, 
there's that's too many things and so maybe for your brain it goes like oh, i can't do all this at once like i'm i'm kind of out right like i kind of shut down or i get like kind of antsy or right like because that's too many things and maybe you know your brain your body knows like i can't do all that at once so it's kind of reacting in this way and so instead of going ah oh, just kind of white knuckle through what what we try to do and again easier said than done right is like okay if i know that's the case can i say okay i understand that do i need you know to kind of take some time away like step away from my desk for a little bit to like relax and then decide which one i want to do and like forget these other four or can i tell people like please only send me one thing at a time or you know whatever it is but to try and work with that as opposed to like well just really like fix that part of you you know um because that that does end up with like all kind of that shame that you're talking about which obviously then doesn't actually end up producing a better result or like the result you wanted anyway you know yeah that's right yeah absolutely um i mean are you, I mean, are you on are you on medication now for your ADHD? Um, I am, yeah. So, how much of a difference did that make make to your life when you know when you went from not being on medication to being on medication? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that is a big that was a big change. Yeah, um, I'll say. <coughs> sorry, um, it made a pretty big it made a pretty big difference. But I'll, I'll also say that with that came a gradual kind of learning of this isn't like the the cure all of like poof now I'm good right there still was a lot and I'm still in the process years and years later of working with myself and trying to learn about myself even though you know an ADHD medication kind of helps me to focus more sometimes it doesn't help with my initial like motivation to actually get going on something that seems boring. Right. Or sometimes it can, because it's a stimulant. If I haven't eaten enough that day, then I get like really kind of shaky and then I feel bad. And then I'm like, then I definitely can't do anything. Right. So it's definitely a a process still of like learning about myself, what works. It doesn't make something interesting that wasn't interesting before. Right. So it may be the case that I take that medication and then uh, the sidetrack thing of, now I'm reading the Wikipedia article about shopping carts, right? Gosh, the, so many that you know. All, there's so many different ways that that stores try to build in to keep you from stealing shopping carts, right? There's six or seven. There's like the locks they put in. I could go on and on about this because I've read the entire Wikipedia article on shopping cart safety, like mechanisms, right? Anti theft. That's that's ridiculous. I don't need to know that information at all. Nobody needs to know that information unless you work in, you know, if you design shopping carts. But if that was already interesting to me, the the medication saying, hey, we're going to help you focus may still not help like me be less interested in that. So can I still kind of put myself in positions where the things that are kind of in front of me are the things I need to be doing and I still try and kind of, you know, turn off the notifications yeah. on my phone or whatever. Um, so all that, all that to say, it's definitely helpful for me. And I know lots of people it is and some people it isn't, um, but it's not like, you know, I take some medication and like, poof, now I'm all the boring things are super exciting yeah. and, and yeah. exciting things aren't, you know? Yeah. And I resonate with some of what you said because of uh, the, the kind of going down spirals in terms of, you know, researching something like I find, I, <laughs> I find that I kind of almost become a semi, not a, not a complete expert, but a kind of semi expert on so many different things. Cause I just, I like, yeah. Yeah, like, like for me, I pick up my, I'm not on medication, right? So I pick up my phone and maybe it's to do something. And I think almost to get what that is. And I, or I've seen something that kind of, that sparks an interest. And I like literally go Google that, 
you know, on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. read all of, literally read everything about it and get it completely yeah. <laughs> and then and then like forget why I went on that in the first place. But then I'm then like if I'm in a conversation about that, I'm like, I know all this random stuff which I you know, sometimes for me it's like um one weird thing I always I sometimes get interested in is political assassinations. I'm always in, I get weird. I don't, it's just a weird. I don't know why. I've literally no idea why. But it's, it's just yeah. I kind of like go into this kind of like because I and I just I just kind of find out all this information. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I might even watch a documentary on YouTube or something if I get really kind of sucked in, you know. And it's really weird. Yeah. It's, like it's not. It's just a completely random thing. But that's what can happen. Um, yeah, and I know. I I think I've talked to a few ADHD people on Twitter that talk about how they know a lot about a lot of random subjects um, because, because they kind of I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the most interesting, I think, phrasings I ever saw for it. And I, I wish that I remembered where it was because I, I want to give credit, but I, it was years ago, but it was somebody pointing out that it's less to do the ADHD brain is less to do with like, again, I, I either can't focus or I can, but more to do with instead of kind of the things that that pull me in being what's relevant or important or pressing, right? Things like that. There's this other category of things that are interesting or exciting or new novel, right? Challenging, things like that, that tend to, to grab me instead. And, and those are the things where kind of this hyper focus comes in, right? Of like, oh no, now I've spent three hours over here looking at, you know, the different whatevers and I didn't do the thing that I was set out to do. It's, you know, even though that one is is more, quote unquote, again, important for like my job, but here I am researching, you know, this other thing that is like not that useful, but is more interesting potentially to me. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a different way of phrasing it. And I think maybe that's helpful for some folks to know like, well, I can focus on some things. So, you know, maybe I don't have ADHD or whatever. Well, that's, you know, maybe that's less the the way that we need to kind of define it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And uh, it's always fun doing a podcast with ADHD actually, because some, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but when I'm, when I'm doing interviews and I always plan ahead and research and prepare and everything like that. But you know, when you're in the midst of a conversation, you, you've just got a question on the tip of your tongue and then like you're waiting for, the guests to kind of finish what they're saying because it's a natural conclusion <laughs> you have a you kind of have a follow-up question and then when you get to it it's like it's totally gone like it's like like i, I knew what i was about to ask but it's not there and you know yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at improvising so people don't really notice when that happens on the show mm-hmm. um, it's happened more often than you'd think but um yeah but have you ever found that on your show <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely, I can think of a couple of times where I've, I've in editing, I've cut out like a chunk where I was like, um, I, oh gosh, I had a question. Uh, okay. I don't remember it. Uh, whatever. Right. Like I've, and then editing, I'll, I'll take that out. But here's a great example of like, just knowing that about myself and then saying, okay, instead of trying to kind of just overcome that with whatever. So we create and having a co-host helps with this. Right. But we create like a Google doc that has, you know, some basic questions and stuff. And then Holly and I, are both in that Google Doc while we're recording, so then we can kind of chat back and forth, right? Like, hey, you got next. Oh, I have a follow up, but that helps me kind of remember. Okay, what, what, where was I trying to go? What's the next question? Stuff like that, instead of kind of you know just saying, oh well, do better next time, Robert. Where like, okay, what, 
with what? Like nothing, I'm not changing something. So just to kind of expect myself to try and do better, which is like, you know, kind of my lifetime of experience of just saying, ah, gosh, next time I'll just do better. Well, that doesn't, you know, why not change kind of the contextual factors to help myself and work with myself instead of kind of against myself there. Um, But yeah, that definitely, I definitely find that to be the case. Uh, That happens to me in therapy sessions all the time because I don't map those out like in advance like that. So I'll say something and I'll, I'll say, uh, there was something, what did you say at the beginning of that paragraph you just said? And Oh, this, and I go, Oh, okay. Yes. That's what it was. Cool. And then I can remember. Right. But it's just, you know, part of me. So, you know, not it against myself too much. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing. Yeah. It's just how your brain works. Um, it's interesting. I was going to ask you about the therapy as well. How, how, how it comes into your, um, your therapy, the therapy sessions that you do. Um, yeah, that must be challenging because you've got to remember, obviously, especially with new clients who you're just getting to know. Uh, yeah. You're remembering like really important information. You know, it's, uh, yeah, something like, something I have to do with work is I have to make notes of any new kind of procedures or whatever that we, that we start. Uh, I have to literally mm-hmm. write them down, literally step by step, even if it's just a really silly step, like click on that or click on that, whatever. It's like, I have to write it all down because otherwise I will forget it no matter how many, how well I've been trained. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And when I do have those notes, it makes a huge difference and I can do my job properly. You know, it's, it's yeah. just little things. Um, like if you know yourself, it's a lot easier to plan ahead. Yeah. So you can yeah. kind of help yourself. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay. So, in terms of um, just kind of your broader work, I talked a lot about ADHD. Um, the last year, obviously, we've had uh, the global pandemic, and um, it's been a <laughs> been a tough time for uh, everyone in terms of mental health, and you know, so much grief everyone's carrying. And um, and I know, and I know because I know a few therapists that therapists have been probably inundated with with people and like you know and it must so it must be extra tough for for, uh, for therapists i mean how, how has the pandemic been for you in that respect yeah it's it's been really interesting i think uh for a couple of reasons one obviously we shifted entirely virtual right and and i had never done therapy in that that setting before and so that has been quite quite the adjustment it's just a very different experience you know and i think we all can recognize that from like you know is it the same facetiming with somebody as it is sitting face to face no right there's there's some human element of that that's different and so obviously i'm really thankful that that we have that technology today you know uh, if this pandemic happens 20 years ago and i'm a therapist i guess you just don't see clients i mean i don't you know um so i'm really thankful for that at the same time recognizing like that is a very different experience. Uh, so even for me, uh, it's it seems much more draining, right? And part of that probably is some of the ADHD, just staring at a computer screen with like, you know, there's so many more things that could be distracting than like you and I in a room and there's essentially nothing else there. And some of that is, you know, people are talking about Zoom fatigue, right? Like there's something draining about it. Um, but then also, uh, you know, it's been interesting. I think there's there's been kind of a shift and the best way I can I can kind of think to talk about is like shifting from kind of specific things. You know, somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I have social anxiety. I'm really, you know," and so it's really targeted. 
there was kind of this massive shift to like triage, right? Where everybody was saying like, I don't know the whole world's on fire. What do I do? And, and that's a very different therapy experience than like we're targeting kind of one specific area. Um, so that definitely has been interesting. And then I think just the fact that as a therapist, you're experiencing the exact same thing, not exact, obviously, but like there's, it reverberates, I think in a different way, right? Like if, if I was going through a divorce and a couple came in saying, Hey, we're about to get divorced. I might refer them out because I say, okay, right now this isn't like, this is, I can't do this really well. Right. This may not be healthy for me. Right. Something like that, where it like kind of hits close to home in this instance, right. Everybody shows up and says, there's a global pandemic. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck in my house and I'm scared and who knows what. And I go, yeah, me too. Like I get it, you know? And I think that's a very different kind of experience of, and that has to be a, essentially everybody's experience, right? Cause there's no therapist. I can't refer you to somebody who's not experiencing a global pandemic. Um, so I think that's been really interesting, just essentially all swimming in the same waters and saying, mm. how do we kind of all figure this out at the same time, right? Like I log off you talking about the global pandemic and then I'm already at home because I can't go anywhere and I'm in a global pandemic, you know? Um, so I think that's been a really interesting kind of uh, thing for kind of the therapy world at large to kind of wrestle with. And then obviously kind of each therapist individually, um, just that, that kind of weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. And I've talked to other therapists for this show about the challenges of the pandemic and it's because you're carrying your own anxieties and fears and grief and, uh, and, and the heaviness of it all. And, and, but also you're, you're hearing, everybody else's stories as well and you know carrying that um and that's that's not easy um yeah we should all be grateful for therapists right now (laughs) um i'm I'm grateful for my therapist as well so yeah yeah therapists have therapists like yeah absolutely even more so at the moment um, so. I have a my I have a supervisor who uh, he, he always he says he has this idea that it's just like therapists all the way down and at some point you would get back like it would form a full circle right like your therapist has a therapist who has a therapist and at some point it would make it all the way back around um, and I like I, I like that image of like yep we're just it's one big circle of therapists having therapists yeah that's a yeah, I like that image that feels right because if every therapist has a therapist then. Yeah, <laughs> all the therapists must. It's got to make it back around at some point. You'd think. I don't know, yeah, just out right. of sheer yeah. numbers. Right. Yeah, kind of the uh, the five stages, the six stages of connection, or is the uh, five, yeah, five, yeah. the five the three degrees of separation, or something like that. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, almost like that with therapists. Yeah. Um, how has it been in terms of carry, carrying your own kind of anxieties and, and stresses and fears and things and and being able to manage those and and then having to go into you know therapy sessions and and hear others yeah yeah for me it hasn't been too bad i think just because one of the one of the things that i think i i'm good at and have learned over the years and this isn't a brag whatsoever right but the idea of like i can come into this space and i can i can set kind of most of most of my things down to come into this space, obviously not me as a human being. And there are things that like would kind of cut through that, right? I mean, your, your therapist is a human being, but for the most part, I can kind of enter into this space as like 
I'm here to do this work, right? And in some ways, that's actually been helpful because it requires some of that like de- detachment almost. Like I get to set my stuff down for a second and come into this space and like really focus on someone else, um, which, you know, I don't know how fully healthy that is to say that that's helpful necessarily, you know, if that's like an avoidance thing or what, but I think it, it, it's been interesting in that, that regard. And I also think I've, I've learned more from my clients over the last year than I, I did beforehand. Right. And we're always learning from clients, obviously, but I think because so much of it is similar, right. If you say I'm, I'm really bored and, and stuck in this house. So I've been doing this interesting thing to try and connect with other people maybe that's something that I also could try, right? Like, oh, cool. Interesting. Maybe I'll, I'll try that too, you know? Um, and so because so much of like what is happening is, is similar, I think I've learned more from my clients over the past year, just in like, how are you coping with being in the, the same house every day? How are you, you know, um, because now I am too, you know? Um, so. Yeah. 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 That's good. I love that. Being able to kind of, I love the idea of actually it being almost a kind of, an escape from your own stuff in a way because in so i mean obviously it's not healthy to have to be to escape too much from what we're what we're carrying and to kind of try and avoid right, it right but at the same time and this is always a balance that i've talked about on the show before that we you need to you need to have a space where you can just escape for a short period to just take the pressure yeah. off um to just kind of slow down to just kind of you know relax your mind relax your body a little bit um from the weight that you're carrying and then you can go back to that and deal with it and process it and name it all the things you need to do with it uh do that do that in a way that's not overwhelming um because you've made some space for yourself just to just to escape for a bit like going for a walk yeah you know like going for a walk is a great example of that sometimes if i'm feeling a bit overwhelmed or stressed i'll just go for a walk on my own socially yeah. distanced, everything masked up uh mm-hmm. and uh and it clears my head a bit and then i come back and i can deal with whatever i'm dealing with um so if that if therapy is or doing therapy with others is that is that um uh, rather than having therapy <laughs> is is that space for you <laughs> that's 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 that could, that, could, that could definitely be a positive thing yeah. And I will, I will say that, that why I said like, maybe that may not be super healthy, right? Like, obviously I'm not, I'm not coming into that space kind of thinking, okay, this is going to be good for me, right? Like that would probably be yeah. kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I take walks and I see my own therapist and, you know, um, there's some other ways too. It's just, it's interesting to actually with my therapist, it's, it's like a very interesting experience to try and, and not do that, right? Like to kind of, when I sit there, I have to say, oh wait, I need to, bring all this in with me because I'm, I'm kind of used to being on the other side of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. And what practices have you got in your life that allow you to process, to feel experience, process everything that you're carrying, um, in a healthy way, yeah. actually kind of, because it's important to do that and to, and to actually name your, your grief, name your trauma, name what you're carrying and feel it. Um, so that you can process it healthily. So what what do you do? What practices do you do you have that help you do that? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely have, you know, a, a handful of folks that, that I talk to and, and can process with in a safe way. Uh, I mentioned, obviously, my own therapist, but then, you know, my wife or some close friends, uh, some a couple other therapists that, you know, we can all kind of chat, things like that. Um, but then stuff like you were talking about in terms of going for a walk or uh, exercising, I've, I've never exercised in my life consistently, but during the pandemic, I started exercising because I'm all stuck in this house, right? And what I found is actually that's, that's helpful to me in some sense of like, okay, I'm moving my body a lot, but I'm probably not taking in a bunch of information or stimulus or whatever. And so I, I do kind of just like have some time to think through and, and stuff like that it kind of helps me engage with my body a little bit more which kind of means, okay, what am I feeling, right? And it kind of squishes me into that space. Um, and and just trying to, you know, I, I try and get in touch with my body more in terms of like stretching throughout the day or taking big deep breaths or things like that as kind of the first step towards leaning into the emotional side of things, right? I think it's so easy to, to disconnect from what we're feeling as an adaptive response, right? This is uncomfortable. So like, nope, I'm out. But I, I literally have this picture of like dropping my brain, like down, like dropping down into my body from my brain. And so like, it, can I get in there and really kind of focus on that for a second? And I, I has to be focused because um, otherwise I won't do it because I'm, I'm used to not doing that. But things like stretching or, or taking big deep breaths or whatever, right, are kind of a first step for me in terms of, okay, now I feel my body a little bit more. Can I kind of drop in there? I'll walk to the mailbox a couple times a day. I obviously don't get mail a couple times a day, but I walk outside and I feel some breeze and I usually don't put shoes on so I can feel stuff on my feet and maybe it's a little cold and that's helpful just to like kind of be present to it. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. We we all have our own practices. I think it's important everyone does have those little things that they can do to kind of connect with what they're feeling and have so spaces and communities around them to um, to support them. You know, I've mentioned it numerous times on this show, like, you know, have your people that you can talk to, um, have your communities, and then have professionals as well. All of these things are really, really important for, you know, for our mental health, yeah. just basic mental health. You know, you don't even have to have a mental health-like condition to, to, to need all of that, you know, because – especially yeah. right now because we're all carrying so much you know it's mm-hmm. it's been so much has happened this year that you know and it's you know not just the pandemic but loads of other things that, that people are carrying and have been stressful for people and traumatic yeah uh, yeah it's really important that and i think yeah no, what, whatever that looks like for you right even if obviously you know if you say okay ideally that would look like eight people that we get together and have a big brunch every week, maybe that's not super possible right now, or, or even in general, right? Like to have that kind of, but whatever that looks like. So uh, I have, I have uh, three, three friends of mine that were in like a group text and primarily the group text is about superhero movies, right? Like the latest news on the next Marvel movie, or, you know, uh, when we watch the latest Marvel TV show, like we all unpack but spaced out through in there is also like, y'all, I haven't watched it yet today. I'm like, I'm really done. I can't like, I can't handle this other thing. This really important thing is happening. That's really terrible. Like, can y'all pray for it? Like all of that is like kind of spaced within there. And then pretty quickly, maybe it shifts back to superhero stuff, but that's okay. Like that's, that, that is still a way of, of looping people in and saying like, can I share some of this? Can I have y'all like check in on this later? 
even if primarily we're talking about Marvel movies or whatever, right? And and maybe that's not like, hey, you and me get together once a week and have like a really in-depth bearing your soul talk, but it's still something, right? And so it's still like that group text has been more active in the last year than it has ever before. And there was no there was no movies coming out, right? But like there was just a point of connection that throughout the day we could connect about whatever silly thing and then probably also share our, our heavier things, you know? Yeah. I love that idea. I love that idea. We, yeah. And that's a, that sounds like a great conversation too. MCU superheroes. Yeah. That's my thing. I could be involved in that. And then, but the balance of like being able to share vulnerably and be honest and support each other in that, in that context, that sounds yeah. really great. I, I love that because it, because it, because again, you have that thing that takes the weight off. I mean, you have the kind of you go back to the superhero conversation, you know, yeah, um, yeah, and, um, which kind of balances it out so it's not it doesn't become too too overwhelming. But again, yeah. it's also a safe space where you can share that that stuff. So yeah, uh, that's that's that sounds really great. Yeah, I'm sure WhatsApp has been used a lot more this year than ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah <laughs> but um so like kind of i guess as a therapist like what are the what are the biggest things that you've noticed in people this year and what would be the kind of biggest advice the best advice you could give to people who are kind of still struggling carrying the weight of of this year yeah yeah I think probably the most kind of consistent across the board thing that I've seen just in clients, but then also in just conversations with friends and family and that we've had on, on the show and stuff like that is just this, this, this weird thing where I think the pandemic like happened, ramped up, and we all started having a bunch of kind of grace for ourselves in terms of like, I remember the two weeks, like where shutdown, like started here in the United States, right? Like everything shut down. And it was like, listen, I'm taking as long as I want to respond to emails. I don't, we're in a pandemic. I'm like, whatever we need to do to make it through. And then it, it seems, and th- at least in the United States, where most of my most of my contacts and stuff are, right? Although I did live in England for a bit. So I, I, I love hearing your accent because it really takes me back. Um, mm. <laughs> but it, it seemed like kind of this gradual shift where at some point we were like, obviously we're still in this situation, but the expectations have kind of just shifted all the way back. Like we should be performing at the capacity that we were before. We should be as motivated as we were before, whatever, whatever, despite the fact that we are all still navigating like literally a global trauma. Right. Uh, And so, you know, I have folks show up to therapy and they say, I just, I'm not motivated at my job recently. Something must be wrong. Well, also you're doing it all on a screen and this isn't the job you signed up for originally and you're still stuck in your house and you still can't go see any of your friends. So like there's, you're not having any fun, like there's still all these things. And so maybe, maybe it's okay that like you still don't have that much motivation or things like that, you know, kind of this just return to expectations of, of how I should quote unquote be functioning. But we've like lost the, the novelty of like, we are also in a pandemic. So maybe it's okay to like, not be producing at the same level. There was a an article yesterday, actually Holly Oxhandler shared it, um, that I read is I think it was the New York Times, but it said uh, we're all hitting a pandemic wall, 
and it was this they had done all these this research and stuff of people across all different you know college students and bankers and architects and whatever right uh, and all of them were having a pretty similar experience of like I I feel unmotivated I don't know what t- like where what did I do last week I don't know right like I, it all kind of blurs together uh, and so the kind of this this general experience of like feeling really overwhelmed and kind of run down and thinking that that's just us, you know, when in reality it's, it, it's not, I think we're all kind of there of like, man, can this be over? What are we like, is there a normal life to go back to, you know, um, normal, you know, um, that was a really vague answer, but. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, cause it's just, cause it's just so important right now to know we're not alone and, to know that there's other people going through what we're going through and that um and that there's things that we can do, you know, to to kind of get through. Um and it just comes down to what we've talked about today, which is really naming naming what you are experiencing and mm. and find safe community to, to share that and find professional support and find things, practices as well that can just can help you process. Um yeah, those things are all really important. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on the show. This has been really, really great. I've really enjoyed this this conversation. It's been really great. Yeah, yeah. Again, thank you for for having me. I'll come back anytime. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. And uh, I love to. I always love it when ex- podcasts that I already subscribe to, I get to go on because then it pops up. And I'm like, oh, cool, you know. Um, so it'll be fun to. To see it pop up in there. Oh, great! I'm always surprised when people say they subscribe to my podcast. It's like it's it's really fun. Um, isn't it so weird? Okay, can we? Isn't it so weird? So you do this thing and you you're like constantly creating it and putting it out into the universe, and you know people are listening, right? Like you have numbers somewhere, but it's always so weird. Like it's somehow jarring when an actual person is like, "Hey, I listened to that episode." It's always like catches me off guard. Like, oh yes, yeah. those are people yeah. that are you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's surreal, right? It's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, where can people connect with connect with you and with uh, and with your your podcast as well? Yeah, they can uh, connect with me. The easiest place if you go to robert dash robert dash uh, the all the social media links are on there. Most of them are just at robert vor, um, or you can go to cxmhpodcast.com or most social media is just cxmhpodcast, um, but. Those are the those will take you everywhere you need to go. Fantastic, great, and I'd highly recommend those. They're really, really great. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Robert. And yeah, we will have you back. Absolutely, um, we'll do that. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, um, take care, uh, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>